This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Caviar and by HelloFresh. If this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that people with no scientific background love hearing second or third hand about obscure studies into potential treatments for COVID-19. They love it. Oh, what's that? Is that a new study? It falls right into the addiction to conspiracy theories because yeah. it's like, if there's a maybe a little bit of truth to this, like someone with doctor in their name or whatever, it's like, all right, I'll listen. Tell me more. You're telling me sucking my own dick is going to prevent the coronavirus? <laughs> well, I'm down to give anything a try. Well, I mean, hydroxychloroquine, it, it might work at treating the virus. Ivermectin might work at treating the virus. Well, then, sure. If that's the case, then that's the cure, baby. Mm-hmm. Never mind the actual scientific process, which calls for carefully evaluating these claims and trying to replicate their results through further studies with larger sample sizes and better controls. Forget all that. Yeah. If some single random study says there's a cure for COVID, doctors are supposed to just drop everything and do whatever that study says to do. That's how medicine works, right? And this is in spite of the fact that there is already something that they've studied, done tests on, and deployed that is free and widely available. Nah, don't trust it. Uh, anyways, in case it's not clear, the statements you just heard have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and are also obvious sarcasm. Y- y- look, you shouldn't be doing this stuff. It's not exactly meant for it. No. They very clearly state that this is not approved to treat COVID. But uh, it, it is unfortunately very true that a small but very loud crowd of COVID skeptics, they do love to take breaks from not trusting scientists to place all of their trust in very specific scientists whose work goes against the grain when it comes to COVID treatments. And in a lot of ways, look, it makes sense. This is a scary disease. The reason we even have studies into all these random potential cures is because scientists, especially early on in the pandemic, were kind of just throwing any idea they had at COVID to see if anything stuck because like, this could get it out of hand. Yeah. And it did. Yeah, it, it certainly did. It makes less and less sense, though, now when we already have a pretty damn effective way of preventing the worst case symptoms and outcomes of COVID. Vaccines, mm-hmm. for which there is much, much, much more evidence of their effectiveness compared to hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or whatever else. Plus, even if those aforementioned drugs are eventually shown to have some legitimate use against the virus, and the odds are not looking great. But if so, uh, for now, lots of unknowns remain. Pretty big unknowns, like yeah. what the proper dosages should be. Yeah, you get an ivermectin in a push pop, and that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the perfect amount. Yeah. It tastes like sherbet. It's you, actually quite delicious. You, you guys make fun of us for licking horse paste, but actually... You can gum it. You can boof it. Uh, you yeah. can snort it. Yeah, they should do like a snus packet of it. Yeah. So there's like yeah dosages, how it's administered, yeah. how these drugs interact with other treatments and medications. That's a pretty fucking big one Yeah. Uh, for people that have pre-existing health conditions. So yeah, just because they're... Sensitive stomach lining. Uh. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of big questions that need to be answered before any drug, not just these ones, uh, goes from potentially uh, being useful to actually being useful. And that's assuming that you're even taking the right drug in the first place and not, I don't know, fish tank cleaner or horse deworming paste. Hey, look, big risk, big reward. <laughs> I saw the, the funniest fucking post. It's like, husband has COVID. We have the paste. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> going around Twitter. It's a Facebook screenshot. Uh, we have the paste. <laughs> and we have the technology. <laughs> uh, but yeah, because the anti-vaccine crowd remains committed to trying everything under the sun except the one thing that seems to work pretty damn well, even after being 
tested on hundreds of millions of people. The new COVID cures, they keep on coming. New cure just dropped. And the latest one almost transcends parody. It's snake oil. All right, specifically, it's snake venom, but it's still incredible that we're already at the point where the term synonymous with 19th century health scams is what the horse pace crowd might actually latch on to. But hey, uh, let's at least see what all this snake fuss is about. Uh, here's Reuters. Brazilian researchers have found that a molecule in the venom of a type of snake inhibited coronavirus reproduction in monkey cells, a possible first step towards a drug to combat the virus causing COVID-19. A study published in the scientific journal Molecules this month found that the molecule produced by the Jararacusu pit viper inhibited the virus's ability to multiply in monkey cells by 75%. Quote, we were able to show this component of snake venom was able to inhibit a very important protein from the virus, said Rafael Guido, a University of Sao Paulo professor and an author of the study. The molecule is a peptide or chain of amino acids that can connect to an enzyme of the coronavirus called PL-PRO, which is vital to reproduction of the virus without hurting other cells. Okay, that sounds promising. Let's look into that more. But yeah, that doesn't mean you should immediately head out into the woods to catch some snakes so that you can drink their venom or turn it into paste. Although, you already got those uh, snake handling religious people in the South. Yeah, I know a guy with a bunch of snakes. He likes to carry them and uh, speak in tongues. Yeah. This is very convenient. I'm going to yeah. go see about that. There you go. But um, of course, it's it's too late to tell people yeah, to stop. They're already out in the woods grabbing snakes. Yeah, I mean... Hoping to get bit. Exactly. Ooh. I, I was already out snake hunting anyway. Yeah. Like, if there, hey, if there's some positive side effects to getting bit by one of these bad boys, then I'm here for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, for everyone who, you know, stuck around and didn't immediately head out in the woods, the specific peptide that shows promise here is apparently already known for its antibacterial qualities and can be synthesized in the lab with no need for that snake catching. Which is good because this specific snake here, it's extremely dangerous. Uh, with enough venom to kill over a dozen people. Mm. Uh, one Brazilian herpetologist told Reuters, We're wary about people going out to hunt the Jararathkusu around Brazil, thinking they're going to save the world. That's not it. It's not the venom itself that will cure the coronavirus. I got this snake. This ain't it, Chief. That ain't it. We just need the peptides. We got them back in the lab. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, and just so we're absolutely clear here, this potential COVID treatment hasn't even been tested on humans yet just monkeys. And uh, any definitive scientific proof of its efficacy is still several studies away, and those take time. It would be cool if this ends up being the cure. Wouldn't that be but, great? But no one knows yet. Yes. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, I mean, we hate to make predictions like this, but based on how everything else has gone so far, somebody somewhere is going to get themselves killed with snake venom in an ill-advised <sighs> attempt at treating or preventing COVID-19. It's going to happen. I'm not going to feel good when it does, but we're calling it right now. Yeah, I got the milk juice, or the snake juice, snake <laughs> milk. You just put its fangs right there in the top of the jar, mm. and it just blip, 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 drains down. It's like bee honey. Yeah. I mean, they say they can make it in the lab, but I like my snake juice yeah. organic. Yeah, exactly. From like, the source. Direct they, you from think, source. Do you think Big Pharma's snake venom is as good as the homegrown snake venom I can get down to the lake? No. I milk this myself. <laughs> Unpasteurized, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kills no all. government hands all over it. Yeah. So, uh, look, we hope not. We hope nobody has any snake troubles due to this research. But uh, at this point, it would not shock us in the least if we start seeing uh, Facebook groups where people share tips on acquiring and using snake venom as the latest method of avoiding COVID that isn't the one method shown to overwhelmingly actually work. Yeah, it's like the opposite of the meme, where it's like, 
this one thing has a lot of efficacy against the coronavirus. Doctors love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I don't. Yeah. Step aside. Is uh, I mean, these people, they're kind of like... I like the snake venom because it's the spicy cure. They're sort of like the uh, indie rock fans of medicine. Yeah, like the mainstream is just like, like... Pitchfork. Uh, just like Pfizer vaccine. That's a... Three out of ten. That's a soft four out of ten. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, Have you guys heard about snake venom? Yeah. They're, they got peptides that I've never even heard of before. Yeah. And I'm, I'm grooving to They it, really to broke the mold. Yeah. Yeah. Nine out of ten. <laughs> but uh, speaking of being so against the COVID vaccine that you'll do just about anything to avoid it, uh, we've got yet another story about someone trying to go on vacation to Hawaii and getting themselves in huge trouble because they refused to get vaccinated but still showed up at that damn airport with fake vaccination cards. Uh, currently, proof of vaccination is required for entering Hawaii or else you have to stay in quarantine for 10 days upon arrival, which isn't much of a Hawaiian vacation. So the obvious solution is to get vaccinated before traveling to Hawaii, but some folks don't want it. Like that family from Florida that we talked about last week who were outed due to the fact that they obtained fake vaccination cards for their four and five-year-old children who were obviously too young to even qualify for the vaccination. They went too far with the growth. It's one of my favorite stories of the month. So this latest example of fake vax card failure does not involve fake vaccination cards for children who can't possibly have been vaccinated. It's even dumber than that. Here's Hawaiian news outlet KITV. A 24-year-old Illinois woman is behind bars in Oahu accused of using a fake vaccination card to bypass the state's mandatory quarantine. The state attorney general's office says officers arrested Chloe Morozak on Sunday at the Daniel K. Inui International Airport. Her COVID-19 vaccination record card read Moderna <laughs> instead of Moderna. She's being held on $2,000 bail. If convicted, she faces up to a year in prison and a fine of up to $5,000. She's expected back in court on Wednesday. Ma Derna. I love, I- Give me that Ma Derna. I would love to assume that like, it's on purpose because they're so angry about the real vaccine that they spelled it Ma Derna. Mm -hmm. I'm so mad. And also they like, I would assume could also be the case is like, they're like, well, if we change a little bit of the information on the vaccine card, we can't be held liable because it's a parody. Yeah. yeah. Parody, parody law, law <laughs> obviously would take over here it's, because it's like this, it's I, like Mad Magazine. It's like how that Nathan Fielder was able to make a dumb Starbucks <laughs> and he couldn't get sued. It's the same thing. This is the Maderna uh, vaccination card. You see, if you turn it over and fold it in, it yeah. says, "What me worry? <laughs> I've got the vaccine." Yeah. Uh, now, Just even in, in normal pandemic, uh, non-pandemic times, uh, visiting Hawaii, even from other parts of the United States, is similar to traveling internationally to Australia or New Zealand in terms of biosecurity laws. So unsurprisingly, Hawaii is taking COVID travel restrictions very seriously. They're just a couple of relatively small islands in the middle of nowhere in the Pacific. And they do not want howlies from the mainland bringing over diseases and straining Hawaii's very finite healthcare resources. If Hawaii's ICUs fill up, the next nearest hospitals are 2,500 miles away in Los Angeles. And right now, Hawaii's governor is uh, straight up begging people not to visit from the mainland unless it's absolutely essential uh, until at least November. So maybe, can delay your little vacation until things cool off a bit. Yeah, I mean, look, look at it this way. If you're, even if you do choose to go to Hawaii, and right now they haven't banned travel, but if you choose to go there and stay at a hotel, everyone working at that hotel, every local that you encounter fucking hates you. Yeah. Is that really something you want? I Although mean, the type of person to do this actually probably gets off on being hated by everyone around them. To be fair, the locals have hated people coming from the mainland for decades. But especially so especially now. Especially right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cause 
yeah, again, like their ICUs right now are at like 75% capacity. If those fill up, there's there's no other hospitals. They literally shoo you off into the ocean. <laughs> Just put you on a raft and kick you in the direction uh-huh. of uh, Los LA. Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Like, All right. Good luck. Yeah. Bye. Anyway, speaking of finite resources for dealing with this pandemic, over in Florida, shit has gotten so bad that it's now making all the tap water taste bad. Now, the reason for this is that Florida's ICUs are using so much medical-grade liquid oxygen to keep COVID patients alive that there isn't enough left over to use in water treatment for uh, killing pathogens in the water and breaking down hydrogen sulfide, which is the chemical that makes water smell like rotten eggs. Delicious. So you need the oxygen to... I like a little dank water, though. Mm. <laughs> Mm. Give me some of that well water. That's how you know it's working. Yeah. So local governments in Florida are asking residents to please try and cut back on water consumption. Oh, yeah, right. But yeah, this being Florida and America and the year 2021, there's probably at least a few people who have just had their taps running this whole time because they don't like being told what to do. And yeah. yeah, they put out this notice and I said, yeah, it's about time I refresh my pool water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drain it. Refill it. it with the hose. Drain it again. I'm going to spray down all the stuff instead mm-hmm. of spraying it. There's a whole ocean of water. Why are you telling me not to use well, my water? Well, we just got half of the damn hurricane sprinkling water on us. Just go outside and open up your mouth if you want to drink so bad. And uh, look, to be fair, it's not just Florida that's being affected by this uh, oxygen shortage, which is actually technically it's a shortage of both liquid oxygen and hazmat certified truck drivers to transport it. Uh, so let's, let's read from the Associated Press. The COVID-19 surge is stretching oxygen supplies and sending hospitals scrambling for more ventilators, even as there are signs of hope that the spread of the virus is slowing down in pockets of the U.S. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, a hospital recently called 911 after coming within just a few hours of running out of oxygen because they needed an emergency transfer for a patient on high-flow oxygen. The hospital got a shipment later that day, but the experience was a warning to other hospitals, said Dr. Jeffrey Goodlow, the chief medical officer for the EMS system that serves Tulsa and Oklahoma City. Quote, If it can happen to one hospital, it can happen to any hospital, Goodlow said. There is no, that is happening over there. There is here in a heartbeat. The oxygen shortages are yet another sign of the toll that the summer COVID-19 resurgence has taken on the nation's hospital system. A handful of states, including Florida, Oregon, Hawaii, Mississippi, and Louisiana, have set pandemic records for the number of COVID-19 hospitalizations, and many hospitals are dangerously short on staff and intensive care unit beds. Sounds bad. It continues. With oxygen supplies, part of the issue is that hospitals have found success in treating coronavirus patients with high-flow oxygen tubes. But the method uses up to three times more oxygen than treatment methods used earlier in the pandemic, said Andy Brelo, chief customer officer for Premier, a group supply purchaser for hospitals. Couple that with troubles finding enough drivers with the requisite hazardous materials certifications to deliver oxygen to hard-hit hospitals, and supplies are running tighter than ever. Some hospitals have come within a day or two of running out. Others have resorted to using backup tanks that are normally only used when their main tank is being refilled. In Orlando, residents have been asked to stop watering their lawns and washing cars because of oxygen shortages. That's because Orlando treats city water with liquid oxygen and supplies that typically go towards water treatment have been diverted to hospitals. Brelo said the oxygen issue has been particularly acute in Florida. He said he has recently heard of problems in Louisiana, Kentucky, and Texas as well. Quote, hospitals have started thinking, if we are out, what are the options we are going to have to take, Brelo said. In some cases, that may mean having to move patients, and that may mean going to much more invasive ways to make sure those patients are oxygenated. Through the asshole. Yeah, we, uh, we covered it. Yeah, it's actually a pretty effective way to deliver uh, yeah. oxygen to the Liquid bloodstream. oxygen just straight up the butt. Yeah, it's uh, actually... They just go around and they top you off? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Top me off. Ooh, it's cool. 
refreshing. Uh, so yeah, all of this is of course not great. Um, if if I could have flashed like forward in early June, late May, uh, to what we were covering on the first day of September, I would have been uh, horrified, yeah. mortified, extremely upset. I'm and glad I did, I did. I'm glad I had hope for a little bit. Yeah, and that, wasn't just completely pessimistic I, for just a brief like three week window of time. They, it was the best three weeks yeah. in a long time. America was back. Yeah, because, yeah, it's almost 2022. Yeah. And when did this start? Literally the end of 2019? Shit. Uh, so, yeah, the particu- the, or that article, uh, it ends on a particularly dire note with a Kentucky ER doctor saying that in private Facebook groups of doctors, people have recently been discussing whether or not it's possible to hook multiple patients up to the same ventilator. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> It uh, doesn't sound like anyone has yet, but uh, the idea is floating out around there, and uh, I'd like to assume that this idea is posted next to a bunch of minions smiling and doing the peace yeah. sign. <laughs> you guys ever hook up two people on a ventilator? And it's a bunch of minions. Blah. Wow. Uh, but yeah, that's where things are in the south and southeast. Sounds uh, dire. Yeah, it doesn't sound so good. So stay safe out there, folks, and uh, keep yelling at your relatives to get vaccinated before it's too late. I'm going to make the call soon. Don't want to make where I go, hey, I'm not coming home for Christmas unless you're vaccinated. And you you can't come here either. So mm-hmm. hopefully you live. Uh, if nothing else works, just send your relatives over to the reddit.com slash r slash Herman Cain Award subreddit. Uh, it's full of screenshots of typical vaccine skeptical Facebook users like themselves who didn't think it could happen to them until it did. Yeah, you had happy minions, and then all of a sudden, boom, sad minions. Sad minion. Yeah, there's a. I, I'm gonna misquote it, but there's the Twitter uh, post that was going around that was like, "Funny vax, anti-vax meme, uh, something something, GoFundMe link." Yeah. So that's yeah. the uh, the the three step. They program. even uh, people have been making bingo cards on the Herman Cain subreddit, seeing if they get a bingo. It's letter. sick. You people are fucked up. Calling on all my prayer warriors. Uh, that's a term I had no idea about two weeks ago, but uh, these people love saying prayer warriors. Everything's fighting. Everything's violence, war, and fighting with yeah. these people. Anyways, uh, we do have more news for you coming up in a minute, and it's just as bad. Actually, even worse. The Doomer Report. <laughs> this is the Doomer Report. Yeah. Uh, but first, this episode is sponsored by Caviar. We've all been there. It's late. You've worked all day. You have no energy to cook. And you just watched a bunch of news that uh, really upset just sa- took away all your uh, will to live. Well, That's it. I'm not getting off this couch. Yeah. and you, But you still want that perfect burger from the local grill or the homemade pasta dish from your local Italian place. Mm-hmm. Let Caviar take it from there. Caviar is the food delivery app for people that are into good food. They bring the best local restaurants directly to your doorstep. Other apps might have national chains, but Caviar keeps it local. Those hidden gems in your neighborhood, they're on Caviar. Caviar curates local options for every taste. Whether it's the perfect Reuben from the sandwich shop or the best Indian vegan curry, you always have options for whatever you want. Not sure what you want to eat? Uh, let Caviar staff picks recommend the best spots in your neighborhood to find your new favorite. And for our viewers, Caviar is offering $10 off an order of $20 or more. All you have to do is put in the offer code TECHNEWSDAY, all one word, at checkout. That is $10 off a purchase of $20 or more with the offer code TECHNEWSDAY, all one word. Download the Caviar app and use our code TECHNEWSDAY. And this episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. For when you do want to cook. Yeah, for when you do want to cook. Yeah, you're a, you're a very, uh, you're, you have many layers as a human. And uh-huh. sometimes you don't want to. Sometimes 
It's the only thing that can take your mind off things. So with HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. What we love most about HelloFresh is the variety. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, from vegetarian meals and calorie smart choices to extra special gourmet options. There's something for everyone to enjoy, with recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. HelloFresh is also a great value. It's over 30% cheaper than shopping at grocery stores with pre-portioned ingredients that ensure you won't spend money on excess food that ends up going into the trash. We're both fans of the different twists on simple items like burgers and tacos that HelloFresh offers. Anything they have on the menu with that's a rice bowl with meat is super easy yep. and delicious. And then their gourmet options are great. It's actually, if you want to have some fun and cook something nice for yourself, it's good to have the option. Yeah, you will never run out of fun and interesting uh, and delicious new recipes to try out. So, uh, I mean, this week they got one pan Southwest shrimp tacos, mozzarella stuffed caprese burgers, and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. It all looks really good. Start having fun in the kitchen like we are by going to HelloFresh.com slash Newsday14 and using the code Newsday14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Again, that's up to 14 free meals by going to HelloFresh.com slash Newsday14 and using code Newsday14. Now let's get back into the news, and it's uh, looking like American conservatives' decade-long crusade to overturn Roe v. Wade and ban abortion in this country is finally, unfortunately, paying off in a big way. They played the long game. Uh, yeah, this is horrifying and stupid. This week, the same Supreme Court that legalized abortion back in 1973 declined to block a new law in Texas outlawing abortion after the first six weeks of pregnancy, which is usually before women even know that they're pregnant. Uh, it, it's looking pretty bleak, and this opens up the door for plenty of other states to follow up with similar laws of their own. But one particularly fucked up aspect of Texas's new law is that it allows Texas residents to sue clinics, doctors, nurses, and anyone who happens to assist in a woman's seeking of an abortion in any way. And you get $10,000 uh, on the bounty. Yeah, it's, it's a bounty program. Yeah, it's fucked up. Uh, and it's also broad enough that you can sue an Uber driver who happens to drive a woman to an abortion clinic after six weeks of pregnancy, and they have no idea what they're doing. They're just like, uh, thanks, bye. Yeah, this, it's, uh, I mean, a lot of this is, like, unenforceable, but it clearly, it's meant to have a chilling effect. Yes! Like, uh, they're just like, even if you, as a friend, counseled someone to get an abortion, uh, you, you could be facing $10,000 fines, if they could ever prove it, but... Me Meanwhile, um, affluent people will uh, continue They'll to just do this. Fly to New York, whenever California, whenever they want and however they want. And uh, a lot of people are pointing out that yeah, this will uh, push uh, abortions into what uh, the, the famous term is back alley abortions and yeah. things that are extremely dangerous in order to it's, abort a baby. And they're, they're going like, to be taking just like recipes of like drug cocktails they read about on the internet, much like taking fucking horse paste, except yeah. even more dangerous because you're taking uh, homemade drugs to. <laughs> Yes. M empty your fucking uterus out. So, yeah, bad things can happen. There's it's a terrible. reason they legalized it, and a big a big reason for that is that people were fucking dying. Yeah, and it legitimately saves women's lives. So, like, when yeah. you see the people talking about, uh, yeah, this this could result in women's deaths, yes. uh, uh, that might be what they want. Yeah, although they're pro-life, and, uh, you know, they would never... It's, it's just so fucked up. Austin, why'd you let this happen? Anyway, one way that this abortion bounty hunter nonsense work is that the, a lot of these anti-abortion groups have set up snitch hotlines 
and snitch websites where users can rat out fellow Texans that they believe have violated Texas's abortion laws in some way or another. And if you were thinking that that sounds like the kind of thing that online pranksters are going to immediately clog up with spam to render the whole operation useless, well, you are correct. Uh, here's TikTok user Cole the Science Dude. So Texas has basically banned abortion, which is disgusting in of itself, but now there are websites that are popping up that allow Texans to report other Texans that they think are getting abortions illegally. I just hope that nobody writes a Python script that uses a library like Faker to generate very real-looking but ultimately fake user data and then, you know, submit hundreds of thousands of entries of false user data to those systems so that on the off chance anyone was legitimately reported, their information would be buried under a mountain of false information and nothing could ever actually get investigated because, you know, that would just be wrong. And here's TikTok user BlackMadness21. Okay, hear me out, right? What if somebody, very technical, very handsome, set up a bot that automatically sent the request to their website. Oh wait, it was me, I, I did that. It, it's right here. Unfortunately, it's not as efficient as it could be, which means it only sends one request every 10 to 15 seconds or so, but leave this running overnight, then uh, 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 uh. And in addition to these automated solutions, lots of people are clogging up the abortion snitch website the old fashioned manual way. And because the submission form allows attachments, that of course means lots of Shrek porn. I found this website for like anonymously snitching on people who break the Texas Heartbeat Act, uh, which is like some gay pro-life shit, and uh, you can attach any file you want to it. So I, uh, I just sent them a bunch of Shrek porn, and uh, you can do it too. You go to that link. Yeah, so look, this situation is still extremely fucking dire. But at least you can count on millennials and Zoomers on the internet to do their thing and at least make this country's descent into the handmaid's tale a little bit less convenient for the people making that happen. And if you're among the vast majority of Americans who support safe and legal access to abortion, there are plenty of orgs that you can donate money to, like uh, the Texas Equal Access Fund, the Lilith Fund, Fund Texas Choice, and several others. We'll leave a link. Uh, to a list of those orgs down in the description below. Yeah, there's uh, one that's like, uh, there's an Act Blue one that uh, splits your donation equally between like the top 10 funds down there. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, we'll leave that down below. But yeah, shit's fucked. What a week. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, things are not great here no. right now. No. Or, you know, past couple of years, but Just, specifically yeah. right now. Recent memory. The, in the past, we, and I know I'm missing some shit, but in the past week. I mean, like, New York is like completely New York is underwater. underwater. Philadelphia is underwater. Yeah. Uh, Louisiana. Louisiana got a direct hit. Uh, the, the abortion law thing, uh, COVID hospitalizations uh, at levels that haven't been seen uh, or surpassing levels, the highest levels so far. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's. Uh, not really a fun place to be right now is uh, in reality. No. Mm -hmm. Anyways, and some more lighthearted news. Oh, thank God. Uh, it actually may not be so lighthearted for you if you've ever driven all the way down <laughs> to McDonald's only to find out that the ice cream machine is broken. The one last thing. Mm -hmm. This is this is the last thing that uh, people are holding on to is just a nice milkshake at, at least, the end of the day. At least, uh, well, everything's fucked. I'm going to go down to uh, McDonald's and get a McFlurry and drama. What? <laughs> what do you mean it's broken? That's it. It was broken last time. Oh, geez. Uh, the Federal Trade Commission is now officially on the case about why it is so goddamn hard to get a goddamn McFlurry these days. And we've covered this topic before, and the simple answer is that the machines have a, a complex and time-consuming cleaning process, 
which frequently goes awry, and that uh, having a technician come out and fix problems with the machines can take days, and uh, might not even really fix what's wrong. Yeah, basically these, are, these machines are extremely over-engineered. There are hundreds of parts inside of it. Yeah, for just a simple indulgence. Yeah. Delicious. Meanwhile, you go down to any ice cream shop, bloop, they're serving it to you the same way they used to serve it in like the World's Fair in the 1870s. Yeah. Why, why fuck with something? Look, I mean, fun? this is a great case for supporting your local uh, ice cream shop. Uh, these ice cream shops, though, they got to fucking think with their heads and stay open until 4, 4.30, 5 yeah, o'clock in the morning. That's the McDonald's difference. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you know, look, at, at least at my age, I only get a hankering for a milkshake at just devastatingly late hours. Yeah. Like, I'll just, I'll just be there and like, Hmm. You know, today was great, but you know what would make it even better? Ruining everything. Yeah. Ruining my workout today by dr- drinking drinking two thousand calories. <laughs> so good though. Oh yeah. Can you actually take a couple scoops of Oreos and yeah. add that to the mix? Crush up some uh, some cookies, which are also like a thousand calories. Just that's, crush those up and put them in there. Mix them around. That's the other thing too. Is you have a bad day, you're reading bad news, you're like, oh, finally, I'm home. Yeah. Oh, you know what? One last thing that would actually be quite nice today on top of all the terrible things would be a milkshake oh oh it's 8 p.m and the local ice cream shop is closed because the local creamery 8 p.m <laughs> well guess i'm going to McDonald's. there's a fucking burger place near me that closes at eight o'clock oh that's ridiculous it's dinner like what time do they think dinner is yeah. it must be run by geriatrics hmm. yeah i don't like that yeah we open at 4 a.m by the way if you want to eat a burger at uh... early morning burger <laughs> yeah anyways uh this is also frustrating uh for not just the customers, also McDonald's franchise owners, whose hands are basically tied due to how McDonald's supply chain works. And they, they got to deal with all the people driving up and getting angry. Yeah. And then, hey, Cactus Jack sent me. Where's my milkshake? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. The whole McDonald's franchising system, the, the individual restaurants are privately owned. Yeah, McDonald's owns by, the property. Yeah, but by owning a McDonald's, you sign, you basically sign a contract. You're getting all your ingredients and everything from them. Yeah, that, training. That includes yeah. getting the one ice cream machine at every McDonald's through their McDonald's supply chain and just any problems that ice cream machine might have, they're your problems. You, ever, you see The Founder? Yeah. It's, so, on, it's on Netflix. Great movie. But yeah, it's a great movie. <laughs> but uh, also, like, the, I think these, like, very technical machines, maybe they're just doing it to spite Ray Kroc. Yeah, because he, he has that little, those... little packet. He's like, yeah, look, hey, you pour this packet into water, it's a fucking milkshake. Yeah. Come on, you're going to want these. Tastes just as good. And obviously, it probably didn't. But, you know, yeah. more consistent than an um, ice cream machine. Just a little bit of uranium. And uh, just, it's amazing, isn't it? And then everyone sings uranium fever. And they all have a great time. Anyway, here's the Wall Street Journal. Enter the United States Federal Trade Commission. The FTC reached out to McDonald's franchisees this summer seeking information on what exactly is going on with the broken ice cream machine problem, according to a letter that it sent, viewed by the Wall Street Journal and people familiar with the matter. The FTC declined to comment. For McDonald's devotees, not to mention the company itself, a dysfunctional ice cream dispenser is no small matter. The shiny metal machines crank out concoctions that account for about 60% of the chain's dessert sales in the U.S., according to a consumer research survey by research firm Technomic Inc. Repeated breakdowns have led customers to drop petitions demanding that something be done. It continues, owners of McDonald's outlets have long complained that devices are overly complicated and their breakdowns hard to fix. The machines require a nightly automated heat cleaning cycle that can last up to four hours to destroy bacteria. The cleaning cycle can fail, making the machines unusable until a repair technician can get them going again, owners say. McDonald's said it understands the frustrations and has a team working on it. 
top men. <laughs> the company said it's introducing a variety of solutions, including new training for crew members and regular maintenance checkups. It also has tried to add levity to the situation. Quote, we have a joke about our soft serve machine, but are worried it won't work. That's what McDonald's tweeted last year. Fuck you. The, nation, the National Owners Association, a group of franchisees, doesn't find it funny. <laughs> we are tired of being the butt of late night jokes. So are our customers and crews. The group grumped in a May message to owners. It's not our fault. The thing is, is like, it's it's not that like it broke or was being cleaned every once in a while. It was that it was like nationwide. This was a thing that everyone experienced. Yeah. Like, hey, you guys, it's like a, a stand-up. Yeah, yeah, you guys ever go to McDonald's and the ice cream machine's broke, right? We all we've all experienced that. It's a fucking it's joke a because it yeah. literally is happening all the time. Yeah, we, we there's talked an app about, that like finds yeah, the app, ones actually work. The app that tracks yeah uh, uh, by and it did it by like basically like DDoSing the McDonald's app to so just like go to like every store every five seconds and try to add a uh, McFlurry to the cart and see if it would work. White hack. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure McDonald's has patched that already. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Or they just like if they were smart, they'd be like. We are going to launch our own ice cream tracker. If they were smart, but yeah, it seems anytime someone makes a solution for this, McDonald's uh, pushes them away. So, like yeah. one, one solution that a lot of frustrated frustrated franchise owners have turned to in recent years was a third party device sold by a company called Kitsch. And this device basically just mounts to the ice cream machine and it displays error codes, but in plain English, instead of just long strings of alphanumeric characters where you gotta, you gotta open up the, the manual yeah. and yeah, yeah, this just tells you like, this is what's wrong. Um, it also sends out real-time text and email alerts to owners and managers so they know immediately if something's wrong with their machine. It's not a solution, but it seems like a pretty decent improvement. So, of course, Taylor, the company who manufactures the ice cream machines, has been sued by Kitsch for allegedly stealing that technology and trying to reverse engineer it for themselves. Uh, like, oh, you fixed our machines. Yoink. Uh, so Taylor, on, on, for their part, they, they claim that Kitsch has illegally hacked their ice cream machines by designing a solution to an obvious problem with it. Wow. God. Uh, what it all comes down to is right to repair, which is something the Biden administration seems to actually be pursuing. Uh, here's more from the article. The FTC letters went out early this summer, according to franchisees. The Biden administration is scrutinizing a range of products from phones to tractors on whether manufacturers impede owners from fixing the products themselves. In July, the FTC said it would investigate device repair restrictions. The FTC wants to know how McDonald's review suppliers and equipment, including the ice cream machines, and how often restaurant owners are allowed to work on their own machines, according to a person familiar with FTC conversations with franchisees. The FTC inquiry is preliminary and, quote, the existence of a preliminary investigation does not indicate the FTC or its staff have found any wrongdoing, the agency's letter said. Taylor said it hadn't been contacted by the FTC. Kitsch said it hadn't either. McDonald's said it had no reason to believe it was the focus of an FTC investigation. So, yeah, if the government does do something about these damn McDonald's ice cream machines, it's still very early stages and will take some time. Look, this. let me give you a small piece of advice, McDonald's. A very small piece of advice. You have to turn it into an event when it's working. The same way... The McRib. The McRib. Ice cream's back. Or the, uh, the fucking sauce packets or the... Yeah. Travis Scott. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a, a, a Saweetie. Uh, no idea who it is, but uh, has a special menu item. But no, here's what you do. 
uh, you lovingly steal the idea from uh, Krispy Kreme, where they have the big neon sign that's lit when the donuts are fresh and hot. Yeah. But you have a sign like that with like a neon with a soft serve cone. Yeah. And you light that up when the ice cream machine's working. Yeah. Got a lot of people pulling off to the side. I would, if I saw that thing on the highway and it's lit up and and I'm coming home uh, from a late night at the office and I'm like, oh, dude, wow, I wasn't thinking about it. But now, you know what sounds good? A fucking soft serve ice cream. Why stop with the neon lights? Why not use some sort of bat signal type thing to project a ray of light up into the night sky to yeah. let people know? I think the neon the sign cream. would be just fine. I like the bat signal. Well, I'm a good, I'm a big I'm a big fan of old school neon. So there you go. I, I think it would look. I do like the neon. It's a very clear indication of whether or not you can get a fucking ice cream cone. Or get a text message. Ice cream scene is working. So you have you have 20 minutes to comply. Here's the, the thing, though, and I guess it it must be a completely different process. But like, or maybe I'm crazy. Do any other fast food places have this problem? Because no. it seems like Jack in the Box very consistent. In and out very consistent. It's, it's these fucking machines. Like yeah. basically, it's the it's like the Homer of ice cream machines. Yeah. It's how you make the cones, McFlurries, like everything, and it does it all internally. It's a wonder of engineering, but it's completely over engineered to the point yeah. where like uh, it does everything and fucks up constantly. Yeah, you know what I've never had a problem doing? Getting a frosty at Wendy's. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That, that is interesting. I, I would be curious to see what the differences are there. But anyways, after all that talk, if you're hungry right now, but you don't see any point in heading down to your local McDonald's if you can't treat yourself to a dessert after your meal because the damn machine's broken. Well, here's a new food brand for you. Square Eat. It's food in square form. Wow! Doesn't that look delicious? Finally, after a lifetime of eating food that comes in various different shapes and sizes, you can get all your servings in the shape of identical squares. For protein, you've got chicken square, beef square, sea bass square, and of course, salmon square, all made with real meat. For veggies, there's asparagus square, broccoli and spinach square, sweet potato square, zucchini square. And for dessert, there's choco pancake square. Or breakfast. Treat yourself. Is this a survival mm. thing? Or like, what's going on with this? This is a real product idea whose makers believe that it will truly revolutionize food. In a dystopian sci-fi. You know, food one of the few remaining sources of actual enjoyment in so many of our lives. What if we made food into just a stack of joyless squares to microwave and shove in your mouth as quickly as possible to get back to everything else? I mean, people wow. might lose weight because it's so unappetizing, I guess. <laughs> also, you know who would love this? Fucking Boots, who just came back from eating MREs. Yeah, this is basically <laughs> gourmet MREs. Yeah. Yeah, you get a little bottle of Tabasco in it and some cigarettes, the only everyone will be happy. That, even soldiers don't like MREs. The only people who like MREs are those freaks on YouTube who uh, but cut open MREs that are 100 years old. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, mm, yeah oh, you mean Josh Makuga? Well, yeah. <laughs> RIP to that You know show. who loves MREs? Uh, kids who are in junior ROTC. Yeah. Because mm. they're role-playing as soldiers. And yeah. they're like, yeah, no, I like it. It's got all the nutrients it's and delicious. calories I need. <laughs> what are these, cigarettes? Cool. It's not an MRE if it doesn't have ecstasy. So. <laughs> uh, anyways, the writer uh, Alazar Sontag at Eater.com kind of sums things up here. But it seems like the presumably good people over at Square Eats are sort of missing the whole point of sitting down for a meal. Responding to criticism and jokes the company has faced online, Square Eats chief marketing officer Laura Vaca Flores recently told today that the company is, quote, not the first food concept that adopted the square shape. If you, for example, think about tofu. Uh, the only thing we are asking people to leave behind is their original idea about the external appearance of the food. 
Seems kind of heady for me. Eh, no thanks. Yeah. Uh, now, the, the article continues. The problem here, it seems, is that Vaca Flores, and probably the company as a whole, does not fully understand why people are skeptical of their product. The objection is not that these sad-looking blocks are square in construction. Of course, there are lots of foods that are square-shaped and also delicious. But the difference between tofu and a square-eat product is that one is steeped in literally thousands of years of culture and culinary tradition and is extremely delicious in so many preparations, whereas the other one was thought up by a startup that's younger than famous babies on TikTok. People aren't afraid of tofu's appearance. They're wary of products that promise to simplify life so much that there isn't much left to live for. Work, consume one meal's worth of chicken square, sleep, repeat. Convenience is great, but maybe not at the cost of history and pleasure that ties so many of us to the food we love. You know what's great in square? A brownie. Now I'm putting it into a milkshake and mix it up so I you can know, drink it. You know what's great in a square? A delicious Wendy's cheeseburger. The square patty. You know why Wendy's burgers are square? Because they don't cut corners. Yep, because Dave Thomas <laughs> never cut corners. He did cut corners on his uh, cardiovascular health, but... Yeah. <laughs> They're just so good! <laughs> and in honor of Dave Thomas dying, mere months after his passing, they introduced the bacon hair. Yeah, bacon hair. <laughs> well, you know... We didn't stop to it's think... It's what Dave would have wanted. It's what Dave would have wanted, you know... Probably should have said no to Dave, but it's what he would have wanted. The the Baconator is one of those things where when like Dave Thomas died, they like they're like, all right, well we got to go clean his office, and they shuffled a bunch of papers <laughs> around, and there was the idea. A burger with eight slices of bacon. Well, wow, this man was a genius. Dave, you, you will live on in this this new menu item. Yeah. Anyways, Anyways yeah, that's it for today's episode. Uh, if you haven't already, did an episode about uh, Bishop Sycamore, the high school football team. That wasn't. They just drafted Cam Newton, I heard. Oh, good. Yeah. Also, uh, someone pointed out, and I can't believe we missed this, but someone pointed out in the comments that literally the initials of the team are BS. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Wonderful comments. And also a weekly weird news episode about copybars taking back their rightful homeland. Oh, and also, if you haven't already, we were on the most recent episode of Internet Comment Etiquette with Eric. Yeah. So uh, definitely check that out. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.